I'm excited to share that the Press One for Nick podcast is this year's media sponsor at the AMA Ignite Conference. I've been involved for four years already, and this conference is awesome because it focuses on customer experience from a marketing lens. I enjoy the speakers every year, and I always meet other like-minded professionals. The AMA Ignite Conference is taking place in person in Cincinnati on Friday, September 23rd, and the theme this year is the experience equation, customer experience plus Employee experience equals the total experience. If you're interested, the Press One for Nick listeners can get an additional 10% discount on the AMA Ignite Conference by using the promo code Press One for Nick when you register. To learn more and register, go to igniteama.com. That's igniteama.com. This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Joe DeLoss. He is a social entrepreneur focused on building transformational brands for transformational people, which is awesome. He spent the last decade building a business, providing meaningful employment opportunities for men and women who face significant adversity in their lives. Joe believes everyone deserves a failed chance to build a new story for themselves. His most recent success, which I love, is the Hot Chicken Takeover. It's a fast casual restaurant chain taking over the Midwest, but the brand itself is taking over the world from what I see. So, uh, Joe, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. You bet. So one thing that I ask every guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you? I started my career as a entrepreneur. One of my business was having as an amateur magician. So in the seventh grade, I was doing the the elementary school kid birthday circuit. So I've lost most of my magic, but I've applied the creativity to other things. That's a <laughs> that's something not a ton of people know. That that's so cool. What what's your what was your go to like your grand finale? It had to do with a rabbit appearing. <laughs> yeah. A rabbit and maybe a hat? No, nah, it wasn't a hat. It was a box, but functionally the same thing. Yeah. Very cool. I, I don't know a whole lot of magicians out there. So uh, <laughs> you are doing some magic with what you're doing today. So let's let's jump into it. Tell me more about what got you started with Hot Check and Takeover. I've been really interested in this idea of of supportive employment and meaningful employment for some time and have had had like four or five different adventures in the space, all with all with the threat of employment and building a team is there. And after a handful of failures and just kind of just kind of floating through there trying to find my next thing. My wife and I took a trip to Nashville uh, when we were expecting our first daughter. My wife was seven months pregnant and we kind of fell in love with the culture and the, and the food of Nashville and in particular hot chicken and thought it was kind of a missing, kind of a missing experience in central Ohio, you know, where we're from. Started testing and one thing led to another and now we have a, a fried chicken business. 
but it was, I kind of approached this pretty agnostically. It was, it could have been fried chicken. It could have been a widget. It could have been a warehouse. I was just interested in like, what's the, the vehicle? What's the channel for me to become an employer again? And uh, I'm frying chicken now. That's the vehicle. It's not like you had restaurant experience though. You just kind of said, Hey, I, I like some hot chicken. Uh, Nashville had some great hot chicken. I think I could do this. And then you actually started it in your backyard, testing it and, and running it around town, kind of providing people chicken, right? That's kind of how it got started. You weren't, you weren't an expert in yeah. uh, hospitality or, or restaurant extraordinaire. No, I, you know, I'd had a, some hospitality jobs through the years, through my adolescence too, um, but nothing, nothing particularly culinary. I had started a catering company for a nonprofit I worked at for a few years, uh, but that wasn't very culinary at all. It was, it was sandwiches, but I, I, I had never fried chicken in my life. So I, I literally go- I Googled it. I Googled like how to fry chicken and had a little $80 fryer from Bed Bath & Beyond. That's, that's where it all started. That fryer is still in our, our company office, in fact. Obviously not still using the, the Bed Bath & Beyond fryer to, to, to make this high-quality no, hot no. chicken takeover, but uh, it's more of a, a paperweight or uh, memorabilia than anything. Yeah. So what's, what's the mission? I mean, it's not just about chicken. Like, what's the mission you guys got going on at Hot Chicken Takeover? I think it's so awesome, and I want to break that down a little bit. Yeah, you know, when you look at our logo, our brand mark, which is, is a rooster with an asterisk next to it functionally, we call that logo our rooster. You know, when you see an asterisk, if you're consuming media, the asterisk generally connotes that there's something more to the story. Yeah. And so what's more to the conversation at Hot Chicken Takeover is, is about providing meaningful, supportive employment to, to people that have experienced adversity in their lives. And so that adversity may have looked like incarceration or addiction or homelessness, uh, but some symptom of poverty that escalated in a way that really disrupted somebody's life and which is a, a huge community of people. Uh, you know, there are more people in the country with um, criminal records than college degrees. So it's not a, this isn't a small marginal community of people. This is, is part of our country's uh, makeup right now and part of, uh, you know, an outcome of the criminal justice system for better or for worse. And so we, we invite as a fair chance employer, invite people in with alternative resumes and backgrounds and experience and try to build an environment that's compatible with them achieving what they want to in their life and and moving forward in a meaningful way. And we get to be the recipient of a really extraordinary group of people that do really extraordinary things for our business and and for our guests, which is is really great. That is is awesome. Is there a reason why you went after this did you did you see something or did is there why are these th- this section of people uh why have they impacted you so much yeah you know i i think at the onset of this work so this has been a thread that's existed in my life for you know approaching probably 14 or 15 years now and um it was really the intersection of two things for me so one was um I grew up with just a, a tremendous amount of, of privilege and resources and access and guidance, um, all, all of which I probably took uh, desperately for granted in my life. 
But service and community impact was a thread that was instilled by my family and my grandparents. And so it was a big part of my life. And, and similarly, entrepreneurship was a big part of my life. So whether it was as an amateur magician or running a snack shop for the construction workers in my neighborhood or, you know, you name it, I had a pretty industrious adolescence and always was finding ways to make money for myself. And so I had a great mentor in my life, uh, my sophomore year of college that said, you know, what you're doing is, is what you're interested in is social entrepreneurship. And um, I started kind of adapting my experience and my education and, and my professional experiences to really prepare me to do this work. And, and here we are, frying chicken. That's so cool. So with all of these people with alternative resumes, what are some of the attributes that you're looking for when you're looking to hire people? Yeah, you know, like any employer, we are looking to hire people that fit our culture. And so we define our culture with um, a set of values, the acronym being GRIT, but it's Growth, Respect, Integrity, Initiative, Team. It's not, you know, we're not a charitable employer. Um, I think a lot of people look at what we do with a lot of novelty about who we hire, um, and they don't really think about how or why. And so we're, it's a pretty hard place to work at Hot Chicken. It's, we're in a tough industry. We have tough guests at times. And it's, it's, you're moving at a pretty fast pace for you know, six to eight hours at a time. And so we look for people that are motivated to work in that environment and align with our values and, and have a vision for themselves and, and have hopefully a vision that the future for them looks different than the past. And uh, we want to be alongside them for that journey in, in whatever way we can. Yeah. And it's not just one thing that I thought I found really impressive was it's not just that you're, you're bringing on these people, but they're staying. Um, you know, you, you boast a, a rate yeah. of retention that's, what, three times the industry average. So what's, what's the key to that success? So it, it starts with finding great people like any other employer. I think for us, we look at how do we, how do we provide meaningful benefits to our employees? And so mm-hmm. the, 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 there's a, a, few, a few things that I would say are kind of benchmarks of our environment. Um, relevant benefits is one. And so if, if you're experiencing a ton of instability and volatility in your life and you're worried where your next paycheck's coming from to, to meet your next rent payment, you're probably not interested in a 401k. And so uh, while we have things like 401ks, we also have things like match savings accounts and partnerships for financial literacy with credit unions and banking access and you know, things that are more aligned with where somebody's at. And then as somebody's stability increases, things like that 401k might become really attractive and we have that too. And so relevant benefits is, is a key to kind of our environment. Um, the other benchmark uh, or kind of vertical, I'd say, is around really clear expectations. And so the quality of, of life and the quality of employment uh, in the food and beverage industry or hospitality in general, any kind of entry-level segment is, is pretty terrible. Uh, I, I mean, the quality, the bar for quality of employment is so low in our segment. I, I think you're definitely seeing, seeing the outcome of that right now where a lot of 
candidates have leverage that have, have never had the kind of leverage in, in my, you know, in my professional experience before. And so setting really clear expectations around what growth looks like, what advancement looks like, and, and empowering our team members with that. Third piece, I think, for us is just really frequent feedback. You know, most employers in our industry are still dependent on an annual review. But when you're, you're turning over your staff at 150% per year, you, yeah. doing a review every 12 months just doesn't make sense. They, you won't even have, you don't have them that long. Um, and so we're giving feedback to people every three months um, in uh, both, f- both feedback on their job performance, but also their value performance. How are you doing as a member of this team? Uh, and then lastly, the catch-all for us is, is we talk about having a dish tank culture at Hot Chicken. But um, literally, regardless of who you are, your first shifts at Hot Chicken Takeover will be doing dishes. <laughs> and it, it, makes for a, um, it makes for an environment where we value every job. And regardless if you're a COO or you're a new trainee in restaurants, you're going to bust some suds and kind of build, build rapport with the team. And uh, I, I think it's just kind of a hallmark, hallmark of our environment that, that makes a pretty big difference. Yeah. And I think one of the things when it comes to the, the, the difference between a manager and a leader is a leader is somebody who goes over there and, and, and gets their, gets their hands yeah. too and, and gets after it. And, and I think, We've talked about this on a prior call that you actually enjoy getting out there and uh, getting your hands dirty and getting in the environment to see what the experience is for for the the your your employees and what that culture uh, is like. So uh, I respect that as a leader uh, who who get, gets out there and kind of similar to what what you do with your guests. Like, what is that guest experience, mm-hmm. and what if you're not actually uh, you're not a, a consumer of of your product or service, then it's kind of tough to see what that guest experience is and creating that pulse. So when somebody comes in and complains about it, you're like, yes, yeah, we're working on it. We understand that that's a pain point and I, and I love it. But, you know, you, you did mention guest experience uh, a little bit earlier. So how do you focus on that? Yeah. So when we, when we think about the stakeholders of our business, uh, we prioritize our team as, as the primary stakeholder. Our guest is a close second. But, you know, we, we have this mission when we, we think about what that asterisk on our logo really means. It's, it's about creating extraordinary experiences for extraordinary people. Or, you know, so clearly we've talked about how to do that with our employees. Um, and when you think of extraordinary, it's extraordinary. And so ordinary is a pretty terrible job. That's what is ordinary in our industry. And so what we do that's a little extra there is about this quality of employment. It's the same thing for guests, particularly in this moment. You see customer service kind of suffering uh, broadly in our segment uh, because of staffing, because of volatility and COVID and all of these things. And so for us, we, we just think about how do we live out that mission every day? And when we talk with our team about it, it, it is kind of like, well, this is a mission statement, but it's also the mission that you have every day. And so when you walk out in that dining room or behind the register, your mission, you know, if you choose to accept it, is to uh, create an extraordinary experience for an extraordinary guest. And so it's already assuming that there is value and richness in whoever that guest is that walks in the door. And so we try to build a really inclusive environment that's inclusive 
of everything from um, orientation to gender to uh, diversity to um, dietary preference, you know? Um, and so how do we build an environment that is compatible with uh, where the community's at? Um, and then how do we, so it's already starting there that that is an extraordinary person that we need to treat with reverence and respect and all of these things. But then it's, it's about creating a hospitality experience for people that is nostalgic, that reminds somebody of, you know, that uh, family reunion or a church potluck or a neighborhood mm -hmm. block party. But um, I think in particular, fried chicken is one of those food experiences that is, is really reminiscent for a lot of people of another moment in their life. Maybe it's a loved one who used to fry chicken for them. Or, you know, for me, it was a bucket of KFC on a weeknight, you know, when my mm -hmm. parents worked late. And it was like the one night, you know, that we got something you know, from uh, outside the home and those really special memories. Um, and so we, we want to we emulate those experiences for people, um, particularly in this like highly digitized, fast-paced environment. How do you create kind of a more analog, rich experience, true hospitality experience around a food that's very nostalgic as well? Yeah, I love the extraordinary, you know, one of my prior guests or uh, who, who was on the podcast, he talks about, uh, he was directing traffic. I think it was at a church, like he said, and <clears throat> he was saying that the leader was saying, Hey, just want to let everybody know Michael Jordan's coming. And he kept saying, you know, treat him with respect, give him exactly what he wants, provide a personalized experience. And he's like, at the very end of, after he goes into all this detail, he's like, just letting you know, Michael Jordan's not coming, but still treat everybody like they're Michael Jordan. And that's the extraordinary experience that you're talking about. It's, it's getting after it. And so providing that extraordinary experience, what does, you talk about the awesome retention, the, the three times the industry average, but what's the retention with guests? Yeah, so we have a, you know, the best way to look at kind of guest performance is through net promoter scores. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're at, I think our, 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 average across all restaurants right now is like high 70s, uh, low 80s on NPS. And so you have uh, a, the, the vast majority of our customers are people that are engaged and willing and eager to promote our business to others. And so just in kind of a, a, a true kind of data perspective, really strong figures and numbers. Um, and, and it's, it's easy to look at the statistics of it, but you can also hang out in a restaurant and see the people that chose to have their, you know, their birthday at their birthday meal at a hot chicken takeover or, you know, see the catering orders that are going out to kids' birthday parties. And, you know, we've, we've been part of a handful of funerals. We've been part of a lot of corporate events, some weddings, and so you kind of anecdotally, you just pick up that we are doing something that is good and we have a lot of customers that are willing to come back, but we also get to be part of some really meaningful moments in people's lives. Um, and so those, are, those to me are great indicators that we're, we're doing the right stuff. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, 
How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, I would agree. Does your guests know that they're actually supporting a social enterprise or are they just there for the awesome chicken? Yeah, so it's mixed. It's, it's about half of our guests that know um, kind of the, the system that powers the nostalgic food experience they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other half are just there for chicken. And, um, you know, we, we talk about that part of our business as kind of a second or third date conversation. And so it's, it's, not, it's never something we want to exploit because we believe that takes away the dignity and the pride of the, the people that work for us. And so, you know, the running joke in our business is like, we'll never be one of those late night SPCA commercials with Sarah McLaughlin music playing in the background of sick puppies. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of cause marketing still kind of right, toes that line. And I, I think it really objectifies in this case, people that have experienced some adversity in their lives, um, but it, it strips some of the humanity away from it. Um, and that we're not interested in doing that because we're not a charity. We're not, we're, we're dependent mm-hmm. on a really strong group of people for really, really a really strong business as well. Yeah. I would say that that's very frustrating to me though. If, if somebody's doing the social enterprise for the wrong reasons, uh, that would really irk me if I would find that out and they're kind of promoting it and trying to yeah. gain their brand exposure into the, the Sarah McLaughlin, the, the puppies, the, the sad story. Um, you're, it's kind of the inverse of that where you're saying, Hey, we have, we have, we have great chicken. We just happen to uh, mm-hmm. be a social enterprise. It's the, it's the Simon Sinek version of, of it. And I, I love the, it's just a, it's a different mindset and a different perspective. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, there's a lot, lots happened in the last year and a half. Uh, you know, maybe just a little bit. Uh, you've, you've gone through a little bit of change, a little bit of adversity. So talk through that a little bit. I mean, we, we only have a little bit of time. And, and, but yeah. what happened when you had to serve food? face to face and then had to go strictly to carry out what what was that experience look like and how did that change for you yeah so the the pandemic clearly hit our industry in a pretty devastating way you know we were we were in kind of a unique position we were about to close some investment capital we are actually expecting to get checks written the last week of march Mm. 2020 and so um, we had some leases signed, we had expansion underway. And so we, we, we went in and, and were throwing some curveballs on top of figuring out how to acclimate to a new sales environment. And so uh, we did make a choice. We closed down for a few months um, in the beginning. Uh, we, we thought it was in the best spirit of caring for our team and, and making sure they had stability and safety and and slowly reopened and and we had to pivot our entire business model and so during that downtime it was pretty pretty substantial strategic lift um but since you know we we have 
navigated the crisis pretty well. Our restaurants are kind of neutral to positive in terms of sales, which is a, a great, great place. But it, you know, for us, it's it's really re kind of recalibrating our guests' experience um, given new limitations. And if you haven't been to a hot chicken and and you're just hearing this for the first time, you know, our restaurant looked like a picnic, and so it was all communal tables, all elbow to elbow with strangers, and and that was part of the communal kind of experience that we we set for guests that was reminiscent of those other things. And so that has changed for us. And we're, we're still figuring that out, sorting it out. But thankfully, because of the way we invested in our team and the way we've invested in our guests, they all came back kind of guns blazing to support the company. And uh, we, we couldn't have made it through without that kind of investment from folks. Yeah, I think it's, it wasn't easy for ever, anybody, but specifically with what you're doing, it doesn't matter if it's a social enterprise or not. It's, it's how you're treating your people, how you're communicating with them, how you're setting expectations. There's a, there was a lot of uncertainty in, in what you've done and, and how you shared that message internally, I think made a, made a huge difference. So, you know, one thing that I have a question I kind of was curious about is, is what's next? I mean, Hot Chicken Takeover is a social enterprise. Hot Chicken Takeover is a great success, but what's What's next for you or what's next for the, for the organization? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, for our business, we're, we're still wading through this COVID thing, you know? And so we're, we're kind of, uh, as we await to see how the market changes and how the economy shakes out, we're really, we're really deeply investing inside of our company, both into our systems and our training and our support and, um, that is, you know, be, that's really fruitful and it makes our business stronger while we kind of await what's next. Uh, and so we definitely want to get back to expansion and growth. Um, and so that takes money and investment partners and all of those things. And so we're, we're looking ahead for that. You know, for me, I have found myself as the CEO of, you know, a growing restaurant chain. And every day I show up to work, I am learning, you know, kind of financing my learning curve at a larger organization with more people, with more needs. Um, and and it, it, it's been a great evolution for my professional life. But I also realize that increasingly I am a bottleneck to the type of opportunity we have sitting with us at Hot Chicken. And so I'm not going anywhere but increasingly, I find my job is about how do I just keep getting further and further out of the way of great leaders and great people where I can, I can be kind of the culture keeper and cheerleader. Um, but increasingly, I really need to um, find the right people and, and allow them to have a vision for how our business grows. And, and so that's kind of what's in store for me. And uh, I, I've watched a lot of great leaders get burnt out because they don't, they aren't willing to step out of the way. And so uh, that's where I'm spending my energy now. Yeah. The one thing I appreciate that is uh, I call it the, the Heisman approach where this is, this is my baby. I've always had it. This is the way we've always done it. And it may not always be the best for the organization, uh, immediate term or long term. So it takes a lot of humility to see you, what your blind spots are. It takes a lot of time to say, I don't know everything, or 
I might know it and I could probably do a decent job, but I can't do it on time. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have the bandwidth to do it. And somebody else maybe has the, the, a different unique expertise to do it better and bring this organization further. And I think too many entrepreneurs or, or leaders in general are uh, give it the Heisman where this is my baby and I'm good. I'm going to keep it at arm's distance and I, it's just going to be best effort because that's what I'm comfortable with. But it takes a lot of humility to do, to step out and say, I, I, I don't have it all. And there are experts in here um, who are going to do it the right right way and we're going to have the right culture and um you know so kudos to you yeah thank you it's uh yeah we talk about that internally is bold humility of kind Mm -hmm. of just aggressively sticking your chin out to get hit um and uh always always being willing to listen and um it makes a difference and you know i i I had to google how to fry chicken to start my company who am i to think that i know everything to take it to the next level. So, um, yeah, excited about where this journey takes us and, and what it means for the, the people on our team. Yeah. I'm excited to, to see what your journey looks like. Uh, I wrap up every podcast, Joe, with, uh, two questions. And the first one's what's, what's one book or person who's influenced you the most in the last year. And it could be uh, customer service or customer experience or, or something else. Um, and then if you could leave a note to all customer service or customer experience professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8am. What would it say? Yeah, I think I'll start with the latter question. You know, I don't know how I'd word it, but I, I think, I, I think it would just be kind of a reminder that, um, everybody has a story. Everybody's going through something. And so you, you need to approach your job with empathy and empathy is a pretty extraordinary value and a, a pretty extraordinary customer service tool. And particularly in this last year and a half of volatility that we've all experienced, I think there's more space has been held for that empathy, but uh, a lot of people aren't doing it. And so I, I think empathy is the reminder I'd give everybody um, and something we talk a lot about internally. I think in terms of a book, I probably, I, I don't have a, a great, the, I'll give two book recommendations. One is a business book and, and probably the, the closest thing to our culture from a methodology perspective is a book called An Everyone Culture. And the subtext is how to build a deliberately developmental organization. Um, and it, so how do you build an organization that intentionally invests and grows your team and your bench? Yeah, it's great, a great book. Um, I think in the past year, what's probably been the most compelling to me and kind of uh, a book that has took me a while to get through was the autobiography of a yogi, uh, which is uh, by Yogananda and uh, a great spiritual text of a really kind of modern, modern leader. And just, I, I did a lot of runs and, and listened to the book uh, narrated by Ben Kingsley. And uh, it was really, uh, really rich text. So I'd probably recommend people uh, dip their toes in that water as well for a little personal empathy and wellness. I love it. Yeah. Empathy is, is everything in customer service. Uh, start with empathy and then, and then work from there. Uh, you can't yep. meet somebody where they're at without meeting them where they're at. 
It sounds so simple, but it's sometimes difficult to do in the moment. Uh, yeah. Everybody, it's, it's humans doing business with humans and we're all flawed and we're all trying to figure out, figure it out. And they don't, nobody comes into customer service. I, I love this, but nobody comes into customer service bringing just the problem with them. They bring their life yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. And so meet them where they're at, hear them out and be the best part of their day is, is yeah. to solve that problem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Hot Chicken Takeover. Uh, highly recommend it. Anybody who uh, has not tried it before, uh, make it to wherever wherever <laughs> the locations are. Uh, get the get the chicken sandwich, extra pickles, uh, extra crispy. It's my go-to. But uh, really, really appreciate your time. Um, Joe, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and, and maybe see more about Hot Chicken Takeover? Yeah, so our, our website and social media all handle hot chicken takeover um, is, is a great way to learn about what's happening in the company. Um, for me, uh, you know, I do a lot of speaking and, and work in this space. And so there's a, a, a site, jodeloss.com, if you're interested in that. Uh, but most importantly, come eat some chicken. And uh, that's the best place to start. Eat some chicken and hire <laughs> this man to speak. That's the that's the end of this podcast. Joe, thanks so much, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.